Hello and welcome to the Freelance Heroes podcast. I'm Ed Goodman. Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, This week, we revisit the third of our three freelancers who have started their journey in 2020. Amy Solon is a hypnotherapist and trainer based in Fife in Scotland. And before we catch up with how things have been since episode 11 when we first met, let's just recap from that moment exactly who she is, what she does, and why she does it. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy Solon. Uh, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. I've been in practice since 2015, but until that point, I was either pregnant or um, minding children. My oldest is four and my little one is just turned two a few days ago. So all my work up until this point has been very much referral, people who've come to me before. Um, So it hasn't been um, high volumes of work for the simple reason that I've not been able to commit a huge amount of time to that. Um, March hit, life was going on absolutely beautifully. Uh, We're all very happy here in sunny Fife, as you say it. Um, And then my husband's business literally dried up overnight. um, And with very little government support, we had a choice to essentially either sink or swim. Um, By nature, and I suppose by nature of the job that I do as well, I work a lot with mindset development, supporting people to adopt positive mindsets and so on. And I feel that I've quite a positive one myself. Um, I saw it as an opportunity really more than anything else. So my husband um, has been at home for the last four months while he started back to work two weeks ago, which has been great. So we're we're sharing the, the workload again. But yeah, essentially I had a choice to keep going as we were or to really embark upon my business in a very focused way, something which I'd been intending to do next year when my when my smallest one was in nursery. Um, so in actual fact, it's been a great opportunity for me. Um, so yeah, previously my, my business was a local business. Now I've been working with people all across the UK um, all around Ireland as well. I've, I've been doing uh, quite a few workshops over the last few months um, around that mindset development, um, working a lot with businesses to how they can change their mindset and how they can think about new ways of adapting their business in these current circumstances. Um, a lot of it is about practicalities, but a lot of it is about those limiting beliefs that so many of us have about ourselves, whether on an individual or a more global basis in terms of our business and our work practices. So that's essentially what I've been doing the last three or four months. And it's been a really exciting time for me. It's been demanding, it's been challenging, um, but it's lovely putting my hypnotherapist slash training slash coaching hat on in a much more focused way. I've been pretty much working full time since the middle of March. Um, yeah, and it's, it's been really, really exciting for me. I've, I've I've loved it. So as I say, that was from episode 11. Now let's fast forward to today and find out what the journey has been like for Amy since then, uh, how that kind of affects her overall freelancing lessons so far and what her plans are for success or growth and any other aspect of a freelancing journey in the coming months as well. So let's meet Amy Solon. Enjoy. 
Amy, hello. It's lovely to see you again. Ed, lovely to see you as well. Thanks for I've coming. Said this to, no, you're welcome. And I've said this to Carla and to JT too. It seems weird. It seems more than seven weeks ago since we last... Well, it seems like on one hand it's flown by, but on the other hand it feels like it's been years since we uh, since we did the episode with the three of you together. But um, yeah. it's, it's, it's wonderful to have this opportunity to catch up. How's Dunfermline today? Uh, it's bright. I see a blue sky. I see a little hint of clouds. Um, but nice, those nice white clouds that drift across. <laughs> Not the one that's going to an impending deluge. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a change because um, it's been pretty wet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> good. Yeah, well, no, not good. I mean, good that it's not raining necessarily yeah. now, although you're indoors, so it doesn't really matter. So <laughs> we've heard at the start of this episode just a recap of of who you are and and uh, what it is that you do, and and now is our opportunity to delve more into the more recent experiences you've had. How are things for you at the moment? Things are busy. Things are very busy, actually, um, and good busy, which is nice, and lots of work that I'm really enjoying doing. So, yeah, things are really, really good, Ed. It just seems that um, the time, the effort, the consistency, um, the desire to progress what I want to progress seems to be paying off, which which is lovely. It's lovely to see those results um, and actually sometimes having to to um, to put people off for a few weeks before I'm able to see them. It, it's um, it's a nice situation to be in. So, yeah, thank you. So, so what does that look like, though? You say this desire to progress what it is you want to progress. But but, but what does that look like tangibly? Are we, to, are we talking about this from an income value perspective or from a number of customers you have or a number of hours of therapy or training you deliver what tell us give us an allow us to picture what this looks like to you okay good question it's a really funny one because the reason why I do this work and I've always worked in the area of mental health and supporting supporting people is because I really 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 love what I do and I believe that I've got the skills to help um, and the training behind me in, in specific areas where I really want to demonstrate that and support people in that way. So when I'm seeing people, I mean, obviously income, we all have to pay bills and I need an income. So, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying it's 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 a very obvious one. Um, and I'm happy to have that income. But it's a tough job that I do because every single person that comes to me presents not just with the issue that they're presenting with, but the whole catalog of life experiences that are behind that. So I'm working very much with that individual. Um, it's the kind of job that you wouldn't do if you didn't love people and you wouldn't do it uh, unless you really wanted that desire to support them to move forward. So, I suppose for me, I have seen um, massive shifts in people over um, over the last few months. People that I've been that I've been working with, and when I signed them off from my treatment and from my care, that's a very happy day for me because it means that they're happy now to move on with the skills that I've taught them. Um, and to integrate them in, into into their lives. And, and that's a really lovely, lovely place to be in. And then I get to work with my next cohort. 
So it's it's been good in those ways. Yes, I'm getting the income from it, of course, but equally, I'm just seeing some wonderful success stories with people who are making really big shifts in their life. It's not me who does it. I just facilitate that process. It's them who's making that change. And I love having that front view seat. Sounds really cheesy, but... No, I mean... <laughs> Cheers has always been as a negative word. Nothing wrong with that. And I don't think it does at all. But actually, you do present yourself another challenge. So because you, you say yourself that, um, you know, you're, you you get that sense of joy from signing people off, as you say, from the treatment and care they've had. And that's great. But of course, you're then in this perpetual situation of therefore having to replace them with a new client with yes. increased frequency than maybe other businesses do who might have a longer term relationship so just give us an understanding when you do get a client on average how long is your relationship with them for on average so with particular issues um something like smoke cessation for instance which i um i do a little bit of work with that tends to be uh, one to two sessions, sometimes a follow-up third session. So that's quite a short-term relationship. For other issues... And is, that, and is that delivered through... Is that the hypnotherapy that you deliver to... Yes. to okay. Yeah. Yes, amazing it to is. think you can stop smoking on two or three hypnotherapy sessions. It's quite... I know. Quite remarkable. A lot of hypnotherapists do it in one session, and I used to do it in one session, but now I do it in two because I feel, particularly for those who've got a very deeply embedded habit, and often they'll come back to the second session and they won't have touched or thought about a cigarette, but I want to continue to embed the work that we've done just to ensure that success. And it, it does, it works absolutely remarkably hypnotherapy works beautifully for for smoking cessation so that is a very short-term relationship i might see that person again for some other issue down the line but in terms of smoking cessation it's those what that one to two okay sessions. so smoking cessation two to three sessions or one to three sessions depending on how it's gone uh, and what else so then other other um the mother main areas of my work hypnobirthing is i tend to offer that in a four session program each session is approximately two and a half hours three hours because i'm a bit of a chatterbox so <laughs> even a bit longer so i run that in four lengthy sessions um and then Sorry, between... hypnobirthing? you're going to really have to forgive me here i sound like uh, an ignoramus Fine. No, hypnobirthing is um, it's a program to support people through their pregnancy and through their birth experience. It's teaching um, women and their birth partners um, tools to enable a calm, confident and very much in control pregnancy. So it's very much using the beautiful, relaxing hypno hip no therapy techniques to feel lovely and beautiful and relaxed and serene throughout pregnancy and throughout labor but also it teaches women and their birth partners about their body and how their body um grows their baby but also the physiology of giving birth and once you understand the physiology of of giving birth um it really facilitates that process and there's some fantastic tools that i can teach to support people during the labor and throughout the pregnancy of course and beyond into parenthood okay wonderful thank you for that explanation i feel educated mm -hmm. brilliantly uh, so that's uh, smoking cessation uh, and uh, hypno birthing what else 
The other thing that, not by design, but, and I can now that I, when I sit down and think about it, it makes sense, but a lot of people are coming to me recently for weight loss. And it's something I haven't worked in for a while. And I ha got one, I, one client approached me about weight loss and then another one did and then another did, another did just completely out of the blue. And it got me thinking a little bit. And of course, it makes sense because with lockdown, people have been more sedentary. They've not been going in, go, you know, walking to the train station or um, walking from the bus stop down to work and so on. So and with the gyms being shut, of course, and being at home more, maybe reaching for different kinds of food. So I've been working a lot with weight loss recently, and that's approximately a six session a six session protocol because I'm working, I adopt, I'm, I'm a coach as well. Um, in my weight loss protocol, I use hypnosis to support the emotional and psychology, psychological issues that often, not always, that often underlie um, weight issues. And then I use a coaching model to support that lifestyle change. To, so what are the very physical, practical, tangible things that people can do to make changes in their life because hypnosis is wonderful but it's not a magic wand and it takes accountability and effort on the part of the person that I'm working with as well so we'll use kind of a hybrid coaching hypnotherapy approach there about six six sessions and are all of these sessions whether it's smoking hypnobirthing or, or weight loss or are these all delivered now online or do you invite them into your therapy space or, or how else is it done Everything is online at the moment. I'm doing everything online, and I'm. I may have said this um, in our last in our last chat, but what I've been absolutely blown away by. I'm a complete luddite, which I'm sure I, I will have said. Um, I'm not. I'm not very technologically savvy, despite having um, an IT husband uh, or a husband who works in IT. Um, but like I've got a robot for a husband. I don't. <laughs> 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 so uh, yeah it's um it's something that I was resistant to to start off with but now that I'm seeing the effects uh, I've made the decision to keep all of my hypnotherapy work online for the time being I'm seeing a very very small number of clients face to face um more for their reasons than for mine but for everybody else i'm doing it online which gives me global access rather than local access but what i'm finding is that the results for some reason i'm not sure why appear to be quicker so i i can't i can't say why that is i wonder if it's because people are in their own space and feel comfortable in their own space um, but certainly it's it's working beautifully for me. So, I mean, I've never undergone hypnotherapy. Well, with the exception of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but I'm not entirely sure that's classed in quite the same capacity. Ooh, I'm um, interested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it didn't really work. So the downside is, is that he said that the uh, performer who had hypnotized me had also said that he needed me to um, to act like a sergeant major when a certain type of music came on. But the hypnotherapy didn't work. So I literally oh just God. had to try and pretend being a sergeant oh major when the music came on. And then I forgot which music it was. So <laughs> <laughs> then I went up at the wrong moment. 
So he must have realised at that point that it hadn't worked. But either way, I think he must have selected people who were prepared to just play game or play ball as opposed to generally being hypnotised. But uh, I don't know. I can't speak for the others. It was quite funny. Anyway, um, digressing slightly. So I've never um, uh, never undergone from a... a, um, a what's the word not that uh, you know from from a professional perspective as in on the receiving yeah. receiving end so how have um how, i'm trying to picture how technology because does how that does that create any additional challenges in terms of the barrier in getting through to someone's mind because when someone comes to your studio i'm picturing that you obviously have the silence around you that allows focus and you know you set the room up so that it's at the optimum level that it can be for uh, someone who's receiving treatment but obviously you can't you can only see what the camera shows you from the other end now obviously if I'm paying you money I'm not going to waste it but therefore do you get that back or does that not happen at all it's um it's one of those things that we incorporate into our hypnosis practice so you could always be subject to different noises or sounds. So I incorporate that into what I call hypnotic patter. So when I am bringing people into that relaxed state um, before I'm doing the actual formal hypnosis, I'm asking them to relax. I'm doing just a very nice, gentle, um, gentle induction we call it to bring them into just a, re a relaxed state essentially and then I always say um, sometimes I'll be aware of different noises so some of my clients have children tearing around the place and I'll say simply things like and all of those sounds that you hear around you children running around having a lovely time that's just people getting on with their lives just as you are getting on with your life here and the subconscious acknowledges that and relaxes into it so you can work your way around that very very easily um so technology essentially because even in my in my therapy room yeah it's a relaxing space but i can't guarantee silence with it so it's something that I always like a little caveat I suppose factor it in so that it's expected and that that's that that's okay so okay so you've mentioned the kind of three examples of hypnotherapy that you provide and you also deliver training too so in a typical working week um on average how many hours of paid training do you are you able to deliver and what percentage of your order book is currently full so at the minute i am working i do freelance training for an organization um apologies now my dog might start to bark talking about noise. I, know, I, I mean i noticed a few minutes ago i was a very subtle tiptoeing almost through into the room so i i, I was prepared prepared for an appearance yeah, she's a lovely girl, but she's um she's vocal. She's vocal. I should have known better. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll have your say in a minute. 
So in terms of my training, I've I've been busy. I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I was about to launch my workshop. I do a lot of work around mindset, anxiety management, and so on, and, and the limiting beliefs that many of us, that actually all of us, arguably have in some way, shape, or form. So I delivered my own. That was my own personal workshop that um, I delivered myself. So that went really well. That was an hour and a half workshop and that's a nice one now that I have off the shelf that I'm just going to keep rolling um, for for the future. Uh, in terms of my freelance training, so I do, I do work for uh, an organisation in Edinburgh working with a group of people around a variety of different things so all in relation to to what I do it's I do incorporate my hypnotherapy skills but um, it's personal development essentially and a lot of the materials I've written for them over the years so it's just a case of pulling them off the shelf and uh, I'll, I'll adjust uh, for this the specific target group but that probably brings me to about four hours a week and then my hypnotherapy work strictly speaking I only work uh, one day a week and that one day is full every week which is great so I see um, six clients a week um, I see six clients sorry on that one day starting quite early in the morning and finishing quite late at night I always do it in two hour blocks I want to give people plenty of time but also have 15 20 minutes between each appointment so that I I can just clear my head and put my head into the into the next client's headspace if that makes sense um but what I'm finding is that I'm bringing things a little bit more through the week as well that the market is very much there for what I'm offering which is great and the I suppose the work behind the scenes that I've been doing has paid off so um, I'm getting a lot of inquiries through so I try not to leave people more than a week uh, to see them um, so I'm when I can I'm doing I'm doing sessions on additional on additional days as well one or two on on additional days okay so let's let's kind of get an understanding so what if you know in terms of um chargeable time you have what capacity are you currently at in terms of hours specific hours so well yeah I, absolutely okay so i would say uh in one week I would say 16 hours would be approximately what I would work. Um, there are, of course, other hours where I'm doing social media or preparing for sessions or writing blogs, because actually blogs can be a good way to generate clients as well, or um, doing training. I'm always um, I'm always training and um, just trying to, to develop my skills as well. So there's a lot of time on top of that that I'm developing my own personal practice. Okay, so you're constantly having to look for new businesses. You're a new business yourself. Yeah. So how are you? How do you? And and you know your own words, not mine. You're a yeah. luddite when it comes to the technology and and the potentially yeah. the social media side of it. I think yeah. you're doing yourself a disservice, but you know your words. So um, how are you finding your new clients? How or more to the point, how are they finding you? So. 
I'm delighted to say that a lot of the people that I um, or that are being referred to me are um, recommendations. So they're people who have used my who've used my services and who have recommended me to friends or, or family. So I would say a good sixty percent, perhaps, of my business is recommendation referral, which is absolutely fantastic um i'm delighted to be able to say that because it that that's the strongest referral of course um that that i'm tried and tested in that way so i get a lot of that way um the other way i'm getting um business is through the organization that i do freelance training for they have referred some clients to me from um people who use their their um their service as well so that has been another source of income um, and the rest then probably comes down to just sheer hard graft online and like I probably said before I didn't realize the absolute backbone that goes into that and writing your posts and um, sharing them into appropriate groups and writing blogs. I'm I'm not a perfectionist, but I put a lot of work into absolutely everything that I do. So when I write a blog, it's not just thrown together. Um, it's really from my experience. And I want people to spend those few minutes reading it and actually to very to be able to take something away from it. So, um, and hopefully that's why I get clients through. Um, I, I find that every time I share a blog around, I tend to get one client from it, which is which is great. I always ask people um, how they've heard about me and um, it has come through the blogs as well. So that's good. So it's obviously, it's obviously writing stuff of quality as well, or at least giving little tidbits away that, people think are our quality i just don't, i don't want to write something for the sake of it so how often do you write again it's a timing thing because i would sit and write all day it's something i really enjoy doing um actually you're right actually i probably should reword it in a different way and go how yeah. often do you release a blog uh, I probably I'm due to do one now, probably once every six or eight weeks. I had a lovely one actually at the beginning of coronavirus. I have two small children, um, including a four-year-old, four-year-old older, and I'm very because I work a lot with anxiety and anxiety management. I, um, I was very aware with my four-year-old particularly she was still in nursery at the time and with all this hand washing and hand hygiene it was for forefront in my mind that i didn't want her to come away with feelings of anxiety or stress um, and that that would create problems down the line so we sat together one day and we created this this story to make coronavirus more accessible to her little four-year-old mind so she named him she named him Poopoo McGanahead, and he's called Poopoo McGanahead in our house. She's obsessed with poo. Oh my God, I'm just so sick of talking about poo. You wouldn't believe. 
<laughs> but anyway, Cooper McGanahead is coronavirus in our house, and we created this big story about she couldn't understand why she wasn't seeing her friends. So I told her that we had to protect, we were the superheroes protecting the people with white hair. Um, so then she got a bit worried because she saw some white locks coming through my hair and was Poopy McGanahead going to get me. So we created this whole narrative around, around coronavirus, which gave her control. Um, it made it more accessible to her. But like I say, it most importantly is she was the leader of this story and she was the, the creator of this story. And um, she felt she felt safe from this guy who wanted to catch people with white hair. So I wrote a blog about that and it actually got picked up by the local paper which was great and I got a number of clients a huge amount of exposure that way um because they've got quite quite a reach um I just poked, posted it on one of the local Facebook pages and the the Dunfermline Press picked it up and posted it as a feature article in um in in the paper so that was good exposure so it's things like that and that was just you know good luck and somebody seeing it at the right time and you know probably a more novel way perhaps to look at coronavirus and i think w working with children as well um parents are always keen to see what kind of tools they can use with their with their own children so um yeah it, it was a good way to get picked up in in that sense it sounds phenomenal. And and it, it, I'm quite intrigued because, you know, the, this is a great story and there are so many things that you cover, the topics of hypnotherapy that we discussed before, and that's on top of the anxiety and the mental health that you've talked about. So I'm quite surprised that, that there's quite a I, – I don't mean this is bordering on sounding offensive. I don't mean to. But there, there's quite a gap in the blog post that you write, given how much you write as well. So – is that a conscious effort that six to eight weeks you feel is the right time frame or, or are you working to change that or, or, or yeah? No, I, I know where you're coming from. And to be honest, Ed, the real reason is that I don't want to get a client and then say, I can't see you for three weeks. So it really comes down to a timing issue. Um, I'm hoping to be in a position where I do have more client hours moving forward um and actually i, I will do um in, in coming months so that will be because it works it definitely works people are interested and it also promotes that visibility there's no doubt about it but i'm almost afraid so for instance i, I wrote a blog on habit formation some time back and uh, a few weeks back and i actually didn't post it around the different sites because i just didn't have the capacity to take more clients on at that point. So it actually sounds self-sabotaging in a way that when I'm, when I'm talking about it. I mean, a, a little in a way, I get the point you're trying to make, but there's inevitability yeah. at some point you're going to be full, assuming that you're, you know, you'll continue to get the word of mouth recommendations that you're getting and the client work and others. So what, you know, when that moment does happen, that someone wants to come to you and you can't see them for three weeks, what's your fear? I suppose it comes back to how I started this conversation. Um, my fear is not being able to, being the person, not to be able to support that person at that time um, and to offer them the support that they need. That's my fear. But if you 
and I understand that, but so it's almost like because if you can't, you can't because you've got you can. Mm -hmm. There's only so many hours in a day. It's just you, so therefore, and I understand you might decide to kind of take and and freeing up some more client work hours will help this. But you know there'll come times when you can't. You have a young child, and there are just Mm -hmm. there are other things that take up your life too. But you know if I ask you like any other you know and, I, and I've had it before with my physiotherapy where I felt sore and I say I really need to see you and I'm sorry I can't I can't see mm-hmm. you for this week at least um and I'm sure you know I know that she felt bad not being able to do that but I mean mm-hmm. it's an argument almost callously mm-hmm. you might call to say such is life that's not yeah. your that's you know that's that's out of your hands in as much there is a yeah. I mean there's only so many people you can see but there are many more people in the world that fill in the hours that you have so is this a mindset for yourself that you have to change do you think or now that you say it it probably it probably is a mindset that I need to change I get very um I have a very vested interest um in the progression that my clients I really care about um <laughs> I really do. But yeah, I think I think you've actually raised a good point that I need to consider because um it's it's true. You know, I'm busy and I I love being busy and um but it's also that kind of pipeline as well, isn't it? You know, in a, in a uh, looking at the colder harder facts of it, it's that pipeline and sustainability to continue being busy, really. And of course, the opposite of that is that if you do leave those gaps and you end up losing more than one client at a time and you end up with this gap that you weren't planning for, then you're having to kind of play catch up from the other side, which arguably would have a worse impact than turning clients away. Very true. And it does take time. You know, like I said in the last podcast, up until um, up until beginning of March or, you know, around beginning to mid-March, my business was all word of mouth and it was all very manageable because my uh, I, I, I took business on as and as and when and I had all my freelance training work, which was which was great. So I was sustaining myself that way. Um, so it's been a very different approach for me insofar as I'm not a marketing person. Um, I would be live quite happily without Facebook and the other the other various forums I really want here a Facebook group aside of course you know just say obviously obviously. (laughs) (laughs) that aside no sorry a bit of self-promotion I carry on as you were (laughs) but it's yeah it's true and I I I said it to my husband some time back now that I have put this legwork in um and it's taken time and people now know my name there's no way I'm going to sit back and let this drift because consistency in terms of business development and also integrity because I think what with my kind of line of work people are not going to engage with a post and say, oh, that's the person for me. Well, not not usually. Like I say, you know, with the blog posts, I, I get one client usually per blog post. Um, but 
I mean, that's it takes quite time. a massive turnaround to think that a blog post, yeah. a blog post, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I just want to focus on that for people that's listening yeah. about the power of blogging. And you can't guarantee this for everyone in any industry. But the fact that one blog post will get you on average one client is pretty remarkable. Yeah. It really, really is. And I suppose you're putting more of I'm I'm always quite personal in my blog blog posts. And I guess people can read a little bit more about you. And um, I don't make it about me, but you, they can see more of your personality. But I was very surprised because I won't say I looked down my nose at blog posts. But no, actually, I probably did look down my nose at blog posts a little bit and think, oh, no, that's a waste of a few hours. But it's not. It's it's definitely, definitely not. And I think I, I, I will stand very firmly by that for sure. It's definitely one of the things that have worked for me. While we're on this, where where should people go to read your blog posts? My Facebook page is Elements Hypnotherapy. And my website is www.elementshypnotherapy.com. And there's... Um, a place that's dedicated to all of my blog posts there. So there's some on fertility, okay. hypnotizing, and a variety. I normally of ask things. that question at the end, but it felt a relevant point to to ask it now yeah, as we're talking not, about the uh, yeah, the success yeah. of blog posts. Talking of success, what does success look like to you? Again, I think um, it's. I was thinking about this the other day, and it, again, going back to the very beginning, supporting people to really make those changes in that facilitated way but for me for me personally I was I do a lot of running and I'm lucky to live by the coast and I was out with the dog the other day uh, my loyal my loyal hound who tends to be wherever I go and we were out and it was it was early morning the sun was rising and I just felt really contented and I think for me that was success because because my children are so small and I feel lucky to be able to spend a lot of time with them it felt a really nice place that we have income coming in again within my family um i money is important to me insofar as i want to be able to pay my bills and give my children a nice standard of life but beyond that i actually i'm i'm not money motivated um but I want to have nice things, if that makes sense. And I, I live in a nice area and I feel very lucky for all of those things. And it just occurred to me as I was running with the dog and just enjoying the, you know, the time of day that it was, the peace and quiet. I felt very content and knowing that I wasn't worrying about how am I going to pay the mortgage next month? Um, how, you know, just, just those general worries that I think have come up for so many of us during the pandemic. Um, and it has hit so many of us in very different ways, some financially, some psychologically, um, some physically, you know, loads of different, loads of different ways. But for me, I just felt content. I feel success will probably change as my place in life changes because I love writing, as I said before, and I, I do want to do more with that. Um, in the future but for me i'm feeling pretty successful just now i'm i've got a really lovely steady st stream 
of clients that I've worked bloody hard to get. I really have. It hasn't been um, it hasn't been overnight. Um, but I feel pretty content in my lot. I'm seeing lots of my girls. I've got my gorgeous dog. I've just spent the last hour lying in my chair whilst my baby's asleep, lying in my chair with my cat purring on top of me in the back garden, just listening to the breeze. And it's actually, it's, it's just been a really, it's, I just feel good right now. I feel good in five years time that will have changed. Success will be completely different because my girls will be older, but right now, is juggling everything and managing. I mean, I'm sorry. While you were lying there on your, uh, while you were lying there relaxing with your cat on top of you, you were probably also thinking, "Oh, bugger! I've got to get up and do a podcast interview in a moment." Um, but the, uh, <laughs> I apologise for interfering. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so huh? my, but but you've kind of started what was going to be my next question. I'm not a big fan of where do you see yourself in five years' time because if anyone answered that question five years ago successfully yeah. I don't want to meet them they would scare me but um but I want to um especially given the 2020 that we're experiencing so my mm-hmm. question to you is kind of along those lines of you know you you you're very content with life you're very positive and that's wonderful and I'm going to come back to more of that in a moment but as you've already started to you know understand your kids are going to get older your needs and wants yeah. may change as a result your time may change so yeah. what will yeah. success you've described what successful life is for you now and that's wonderful what do you envisage success is going to look like for you kind of where what journey do you want to go on do you want to build an agency do you want to be immersed in a particular field or area or or, or you want to be writing more and delivering I mean, where's it go do you want to write a book yes. I don't know what's it go yeah, a few of those things. I, I, again, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, and, and would I want other hypnotherapists working for me? And to be honest, probably not. No, I'm happy being able to deliver the work myself because I know I deliver it and do it the way I want it. I don't want responsibility for other people in that way. So I think at this moment in time, I think I've pretty much decided that. But in terms of the other stuff, I've got lots of stuff going on in my head. I want to do more training. I love training. And hypnotherapy is an area that I feel so passionate about. And I feel that I've got so much to share, not just in within hypnotherapy, but also the other, my training background, the other skills that I can pull into that. So yes, in time, I want to pull programs together that I can then deliver to um, other hypnotherapists or people who are I, I work a lot with the NHS anyway so that's maybe kind of a medium term plan um, that I'm going to reach out to my contacts within the NHS to do some of, of this work even a short term plan um, because it's on a to-do list that I, I, I need to just go and do that um, and then the other thing you mentioned was the writing because it's something I, I love doing and I I'm always um I'm always doing training to develop my hypnotherapy practice but when I work with a client I'm developing my own techniques as I go so I'm creating techniques on the spot and thinking where did that even come from so I want to put them to paper and I want to put them into a book I I collect them all after after every session I do my own little personal debrief and I get my get them down onto a page so I don't forget them but I want them in a book so that you know just over as I continue to practice and continue to develop these techniques on the fly I suppose um 
I want to collate them and get them printed. So that's probably a bit further down the line because I want to keep on developing my library of techniques that I've created, basically. Because you know that, that, I mean, arguably, there's a point you made earlier when you were talking about the fact that you don't want to turn away clients and um, and and commendable as that is, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely worth a, a deeper thought. But arguably, when you're whenever you write a blog, fine, you might get one client, but you might help other people in terms of them being able to provide help for themselves and being more. So you, I don't doubt that there are more people you are helping. They're just not paying you for it. Um, so whether that then becomes a subscription based website or books that you're publishing or something else, you know, because the challenge you have is there's one Amy Solon and there's only so many hours in a week. And even when you free up more hours, those hours are still finite. Um, so how do you break past that barrier? What would be your plan to then go? Actually, I don't need to worry so much about the hours I have in terms of the hours I spend, which obviously you would still do. I don't suspect you would ever give that up. And why should you? But being able to then broaden your reach, broaden your income that goes with it to allow you to continue to have the the life that you so much enjoy. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I'd never really I'd never really thought about it. I'd never really thought about it that way. So that that's that's a good point. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's I think the first step actually is you just having suggested that and me just to ruminate on that a little bit more and and um yeah in good old hypnotherapy fashion just dip in a, a little nugget a little seed and then put a bit of water on it by day i'll leave that with you the difference is that when we talk again in about six and eight weeks time um the challenge i'm going to set you is to have a bit more of a thought about what that might look like you've got your notebooks yeah. where you start to put ideas down and I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that this is a dramatic change you have to do now because you're clearly there's a lot working brilliantly for you. But this is just more about prepping and planning. So you've got a direction to to head for. So the challenge I've got for you is that, you know, map out a bit more about where that journey is is going in a few years, um, whether that's five years, 10 years, irrelevant, but more about where that's going. And then we can kind of explore that more in our in our next call in about eight weeks time. Um, yeah, I like Thank you. So this is, you're an incredibly positive person. And I felt this when we spoke before we went on the first podcast. And then, of course, in episode 11, when I spoke with you, Jyoti and Carla, too. Uh, and equally today as well, which is wonderful. And uh, I like this. When has that been challenged during your six months as a freelancer? Oh, my gosh. So many days, Ed. Really, so many days. And... I think as well, like there's a great there's a great phrase that um, I probably will get it wrong because I always mix everything up. I'm always mixing car metaphors with house and everything else. But you know, everybody's been through challenging times, but sometimes it's how you choose to adapt to them. And I guess the last six months, I would be lying if I said it was a breeze because it's not. Um, but I think one thing that I would like to say I am is resilient and I've had some you know I've had some tough stuff in my life that I've just I've had a choice to feel sorry for myself or to just get on with it 
And don't get me wrong, I will allow myself, you know, the, the, the moments of grief or sadness or regret or whatever you, you might want to call it. But ultimately, and I think it's important to acknowledge all of that. But equally, I think it's important to once you've done that, okay, so how can I make it better? And I do feel I'm a positive person and I do tend to be a glass half full person. Um, so over the last few months, it's been... Yeah, it's been an enormous it's been an enormous challenge because I knew that um, with my husband again, which I probably mentioned, not being furloughed but being a limited company, he got a very very mediocre few pound from the government, which wasn't enough to sustain us and our family. So that's when you think, right? Okay, we can sit here and think this is. I'm trying not to swear. <laughs> this is rubbish. Uh, or you can actually do something about it. So I did something similar to what you've just described there, except on a short term basis. I looked at my skills. I'm a yoga teacher as well. Um, so I just add to the mix. Subtly <laughs> <laughs> throw that in there. So I've got my yoga, I've got my hypnotherapy. I I'd lost my training pretty much, though I, I uh, like I say I, I moved it online a little bit of the freelance stuff, less so than I was doing face to face, but still I was still getting a bit of an income from it. I looked at where I could generate money from. So I brought my yoga classes online, which I'm still doing online. I brought my hypnotherapy online and then I also looked at the other things that I could do, such as writing different workshops. So I looked at areas where I could make money from. And then immediately there's that sense of control. So from thinking about, oh, my God, how am I going to get money in the door to actually here are the very physical, practical things I can now do to put myself out there to get money in the door. And that's essentially how I started doing it. And then when you see people sign up for your yoga classes, when you see um, the hypnotherapy was a little bit slower because there was that resistance you mentioned earlier on to the technology, which I think people are coming to terms with now, having been zooming left, right and center for the last few months with family and friends. So that's kind of taking care of itself now. And the training, the only thing that I felt didn't work as well was the training. A big part of training is reading that room, reading that energy. Oh, so-and-so looks a bit disengaged. What do we need to do to change that energy? I don't love it. I'm not going to lie. The training doesn't work as well online. So um, that that would be that would be the thing that I, I, I may be doing less of for that reason. Some people, you know, the, the feedback has actually been very good, but um yeah, I think people prefer that online capacity and that online or sorry, the face to face capacity and meeting up. So essentially, that's how I that's how I overcame the challenges of the last six months. I thought, oh, and the other thing, which is a great coaching tip as well, um, was each night I would make a list from the next day of what I needed to do. So that serves a number of purposes. You can go to sleep thinking right now I can switch off and relax properly because I've gotten everything out of my head. But also when you wake up the next morning, you're not thinking, oh God, where do I start? And you're hitting the ground running. So there, there are a number of the things that I've done to overcome challenges. And But the other thing I suppose is things like getting out with the dog, um, doing my yoga, 
um, and just making that time for me because it's been stressful. It's been stressful. Mm. No, I'm sure it has. Um, one last question for you. Uh, if, you know, you've been on this journey now for about six months and and I did ask this, but, you know, in, in episode 11, but we've been um, a couple of months uh, down the line since then almost. So over the whole period of your freelancing journey, if you knew at the beginning what you know now, either about the technical side of freelancing, the business side, or about yourself, if you knew then what you knew now, what would you like that to be? It's the worst worded question ever. No, it's not. I, I hope think it made first, sense. <laughs> it does make sense. The first thing that comes to my mind is get out of your own way. Just get out of your own way. Just stop being an obstacle to yourself. But how do you, but um, also, so I'm thinking if anyone who's in the process of starting that out now, how would they know what their way is? How would they know what their way is? Well, it's, I suppose, similar to what you said earlier on. Where do you see yourself? What do you want to do? I, I do a little visualization technique, you know, just picturing myself in three months time, what I'm doing and what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling, what I'm, how I'm behaving, what's going on around me. And sometimes I think that can be the first, just thinking about what that ideal is is it owning your own business is it working face to face with x number of clients is it whatever it might be um yeah because you'll always find a reason not to do something there's always going to be a better time or there's always going to be um you know something more important or something that you perceive to be more important but yeah just just getting on with it, I suppose. Just getting on with it. If I'd known that this Facebook stuff, it's not easy because I still don't like it. But <laughs> if I'd known that it got, <laughs> if I'd known that it got easier, and honestly, people have been so lovely and just written some lovely comments on my Facebook page. I think one of my fears was that people actually can be really mean on social media. And I didn't want to be the butt of that um, because I find it hard enough to put myself, I find it very easy in person, but online, I don't like putting myself out there uh, because I don't know who's reading it. But if I think if I'd known maybe how supportive people are and the likes of the freelance hero community, everybody's so supportive on that page and another of a number of other groups that I'm on different business groups if you put a question out there people do tend to get back with really helpful guidance and advice and we've all been there nobody has it nobody has it easy um nobody's no, an overnight no. success you know they You're might look right. like they're success but it takes months, years of effort and work that goes into all of that. And it's just don't give up, really. No, amen to that. And the good people outweigh the bad. It's always the case. Um, really? Amy, I, we've we've uh, spoken so much about, you know, your experiences, good and bad. And uh, I don't doubt that there will be some people listening to this who will be infused by your words and will give themselves and challenge themselves and maybe think a different way for themselves as well. So, so thank you for sharing your journey so far. Uh, what's what's going to, um, the next couple of months um, or between now and the end of the year, what do you think, what do you hope is going to happen for your business briefly? 
Um, more clients, um, supporting more people in that way. The next plan that I've got in my head, because I've had so many weight loss clients recently, I'm in the in the middle of creating a new weight loss workshop that I'll probably run over four or six weeks, um, just so that people who maybe can't access financially the, the one-to-one support that I can offer could maybe access the workshop version of what I offer. I think that also creates accountability. So that's probably the main thing, keeping doing what I'm doing doing um putting the finishing touches on my weight loss workshop and uh seeing my one-to-one clients that that's the the main thing for the next to get me through the rest of the year all right well we'll touch base in a couple of months and see how that's going just remind us of your website address again if anyone didn't have a pen and paper to hand when you gave it last time I'll say it really slowly because the more <laughs> I welcome all hits on my website, it's uh, www.elementshypnotherapy.com and my Facebook page is just Elements Hypnotherapy. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can find me there, uh, Amy Solon, S-O-L-O-N. Thank you, Amy, once again. If you've got any questions that you'd like me to put to Amy or any questions about the podcast in general, do please email me, podcast at freelance-heroes.com. Uh, or search for the hashtag Freelance Heroes across Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and other places too. Uh, and of course, you can get in touch with Amy through the details that she gave at the end there. Next week, we meet Mary Whitehouse, who hasn't been freelancing for just three months or six months, but for 22 years. And we learn more about how freelancing has evolved over that time uh, and how it's affected the future of her freelancing business in terms of her goals and definition of success so tune in next week for that thanks again for listening bye for now